Welcome to the <laughs> once quarterly podcast, The Gold Hoops Show. I have missed you. I have felt really called to sit down today and just chat, just chat with you. I have a couple updates. I'd love to touch on Brittany and then I just let's just chat. Can we just have a little convo? I am sitting in my enormous white leather 80s office chair on my lunch break just relaxing in my home office so cozy up whether you're at home you're driving let's just have a little convo I've really missed you um, and I hope you're doing well I am doing well Um, I'll give you a life update if you're interested in it but uh I also want to talk about Brittany. It's really interesting. I sat down the week after her court case and recorded a whole episode about my opinions on it. And uniquely enough, I don't track my listenership, but I looked at it about a week later and no one had listened to it. And then I realized it didn't post. Um, I had a lot of people reach out to me and want to talk about about the case. So I'm glad that it didn't post. I think there was some kind of frantic energy behind it. But also my opinions have, have since changed. So we'll get into that briefly. I hope your summer's going well. Mine is going really well. I shared with you guys in my last episode that I've been kind of struggling with vertigo. I'm happy to report that there's still some testing that I'm going through. But I am generally feeling much, much better and really grateful for that. But just want to share with you, you know, I touched on this in the last episode. Physical and emotional and mental ailments are really challenging, very challenging. Um, They can put you in a place mentally that is very dark um, and and frightening in many ways but throughout the duration of my symptoms which I still have some um, almost daily but not nearly as intense and I'm kind of very slowly easing my way back into driving by myself and doing certain things by myself I've really had my independence kind of stripped from me for a while but I would really implore you to when you're going through these types of situations, just ask for the help and the guidance because what I learned and I'm still learning is when these types of things really flare up in our life, it really is the universe reflecting back to us parts of ourselves that need to heal. And I'm not necessarily discussing terminal illness or anything like that, although I do think there is opportunity there too to strengthen your your spiritual practice. But I felt very much that this part of my life was happening because I really needed to learn a strong lesson on surrender. And I really needed to learn a strong lesson about control. I am somebody who wants to have control of everything. I do not like to ask for help. Um, And I was put in a place where I had to rely so much on my husband to drive me everywhere. 
I had to rely so much on on other people to help me with things. And that's just not in my nature. But I needed to learn that I don't need to have control all of the time. And that's okay. And another lesson that I really learned is when we take care of ourselves, we are able to show up for our work, our families, our lovers, our friends, our hobbies in such a more beautiful way. I often think, oh yeah, I'm taking care of myself. I'm listening to my podcast. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But that's not (laughs) self-care. Self-care is setting boundaries. Self-care is having a spiritual practice. Self-care is feeding your mind, body, and spirit healthy things. And I wasn't doing that. And I'm certainly not an expert on it. Um, Not even close. I'm still learning those things. But I looked at this opportunity of physical and mental illness as an opportunity to heal. And I've really been working on healing those areas of my life. And subsequently, my, my symptoms have subsided. Now, that's not to say that I'm out of the dark. That's not to say that I haven't been, you know, collaborating with medical experts. I certainly have a, a team of doctors at this point that have been helping me. But if you're going through a hard time, I would just really encourage you to ask to be shown, you know, ask your higher power, whomever that is, if that is your highest self, if that is God, if that is Jesus, Buddha, whomever, but ask to be revealed, you know, why you're going through that hard time. And it's really, um, it's really beautiful, the things that you can learn and, and grow from. But again, if you're going through those times, you know, My heart goes out to you. It's really difficult. I also think there was a part of me, and I don't hear people talk about this too frequently, but it's really interesting when you're stepping into a new phase of your life and you're trying to grow and you're trying to reach towards being your highest self. It's really interesting what your ego or some people believe it's evil forces, whatever. It's really interesting what they try to do to hold you back. And there is a bit of a grief period that goes into stepping into your truer form. And I think I was going through a little bit of that. You know, here I was having these physical symptoms that were very limiting at a time where people were getting vaccinated and able to go and do, go out and drink and dance and hang out with their friends. And I felt like I played the victim card a little bit. Like, God, this is so brutal to go through this when the world is opening back up. But then I realized my highest self really isn't interested in that stuff anymore. And I think my ego was kind of saying, oh, God, you can't go out and drink and and hang out with your friends and have these fun nights. Not to say that there's not a purpose for that. There certainly is a time and place. But there was a part of me that was like, you've outgrown that. We don't need we don't need to miss things that don't serve us anymore. But my ego was like, no, we <laughs> we love that. That's what we're all about. We're all about going out and having fun. Um, so there is a little bit of a grief period uh, that you go through when you are... Oh, that's my dog crying. Sorry if you can hear him in the background. 
there is a little bit of a grief period that goes into shaking old habits. So if you are on a path of growth and you're kind of going through a little bit of that, questioning yourself or missing parts of of who you were previously, maybe simply for the comfort level, sometimes it's uncomfortable to break these habits, I think that's a good time. And lean into that and honor that. Um, I think that is really a mark of growth. And certainly acknowledging that and honoring your feelings really is a prayer in and of itself, right? Really is um, certainly a spiritual interaction in, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for shaking it. And for everybody that's taken this time of this pandemic to learn and grow or you're, you're in a period of depression and confusion and you feel like your life has been kind of turned upside down, I am proud of you for that. That's really, really hard to, to walk through that experience and to certainly acknowledge that you're having that experience. But that, that serves a purpose and you are going to, my grandma always reminds me in nature, this is one of my favorite things to share with people because I think it's such a beautiful sentiment, but my grandma always reminds me that in nature before really beautiful things take place, really ugly things take place. You know, before a, a butterfly comes out of the cocoon, it's this ugly, sticky, gross looking cocoon. And then it comes out this beautiful butterfly or after a kind of a really scary thunderstorm, a rainbow appears. And I think a dark period is, is almost natural before a really bright period comes. So if you're going through that, my heart goes out to you. I so appreciate everybody that reached out to me to offer their words of encouragement. Um, or support, you know, for my last episode, I can't tell you how transformative that can be for somebody who's going through a hard time. So thank you. And just know right back at you. Love you. Mean it. Let's talk about Brittany for a moment. I, I shared previously that talking about celebrities really doesn't serve me anymore. Um, And here's why. It's not a holier than thou thing. It's a, I have to protect my energy while I'm still kind of (laughs) in the the novice phases of doing energy work. Um, But I certainly don't think there's anything wrong with making an observation. Um, The Britney thing is heartbreaking. What's most heartbreaking, what has been most heartbreaking for me is to think that in some way when I was younger and didn't know, I mean, I can say I didn't know better, but I think we all know what is intrinsically wrong and what is intrinsically right. But did anybody else have the thought of like, wow, I contributed to this culture of really just having total entertainment and enjoyment off of somebody's complete spiral out of control. I mean, I was so, I can honestly say I was a Britney stan. Like she was my everything growing up. Everything. I knew every dance, every outfit, every lyric, every everything. Um, But I really took a lot of enjoyment out of her mental decline. There was something about her that was always so relatable. Um, 
And in hindsight, you know, we used to tease her for going to the grocery store without shoes on. And I certainly wouldn't recommend it. I don't think it's good for your um, foot health or overall health. But we used to kind of make fun of her for that and say like, oh, she's mentally unstable. But it made her so relatable. There was something about Brittany that made us all feel like that could be us. She was from the small town. She didn't come from money. She still went to Target in her sweatpants with no makeup on. You know, she still pumped her own gas. We saw her doing all of these relatable things. And so I think there was something really compelling about her displaying all of our worst fears about ourselves. We all couldn't turn away. You know, we all have a fear of being mentally unsound. We all have a fear of not being in control of our own life. We all have a fear of failure. And so for us to to think like, that's Brittany, that's our pop star, that's our girl, she's just like us. To watch her go through all of that, we just couldn't turn away because I think there's a part of us all that feared that that would happen to ourselves. And she almost pacified a fear because it was like, oh, okay, I know what this looks like. I'll never go through that. Um, and then of course, in an effort to separate ourselves from this failure, we ridicule somebody, we tease them. In hindsight, it was somebody who was probably going through postpartum, postpartum depression. It was probably somebody who felt like she had no control of her life. And so what little control she had over her, her physical appearance, she was going to become the antithesis of what her, her team wanted her to look like, um, and she was she was clearly somebody that really needed some love and support support and guidance. And I just really feel guilty for partaking in the demise of somebody else. And I think that knowledge certainly comes with age. But, you know, it was really this whole court case has kind of put a mirror back to me and like, do better, man do better, be more supportive of people, be less judgmental of people. There's nothing fun or glamorous about feasting off of somebody else's demise. Another saying my grandma has is if you dance on somebody else's grave, God will break your legs. And it's really, it is true. Here's my opinion on the whole thing. Look, I think the institution of conservatorship, so we've learned that there's two different types of conservatorships, right? There's the conservatorship over somebody's finances or their estate, and then there's the conservatorship over the actual person, their medical care, their daily activities, etc. Brittany is in a situation where she, somebody else is in control of both of those things. I think the institution of conservatorship was put in place for a very... Um, important reason. I unfortunately know a handful of people in my own life who probably would really benefit from this structure due to mental illness, addiction, etc. Um, so I understand the purpose of it. I also understand that hopefully <laughs> one of the purposes of a conservatorship is either to be in place until the end of someone's life, perhaps in like a dementia situation, or it can be rehabilitative and really assist somebody to make healthy choices and turn their life around, at which point the conservatorship should end. And I think the latter of those situations is what Britney Spears had been intended to be put in. 
I know that these are not come by in an easy fashion, right? I mean, we see in your own community, I'm sure you see homeless people who are very clearly struggling with mental illness. And and that goes as a mark of like, these people aren't in conservatorships. So I don't think that these conservatorships are easy to come by. I want to say I have no medical training. I have no inside knowledge. I There is so much about this scenario that I don't know. But what I do know is that it's very clear that there's a conflict of interest that anybody is directly benefiting financially from her being in this holding pattern. That is not right. Obviously, anybody who is advocating on her behalf and is a trained professional, they should be compensated. But the fact that her whole family is benefiting from her being in this holding pattern really does seem to me a form of human trafficking. It's just not right. Um, hearing her in, in court and hearing her testimony What was most jarring to me was not even the context of what she said. Certainly that was upsetting, but it was more how she said it. This is a poised person. This is somebody who is knowledgeable. This is somebody who can string together very high level thoughts. This is not um, this kind of batty lunatic woman that that we've all painted her to be. Um, And, you know, I certainly now have an understanding of her Instagram. This is her only outlet that she has that she can truly express herself. It's not monitored or monetized at that point. So I do kind of feel bad for the comments that I've made previously about her Instagram. But to play devil's advocate a little bit, you know, I do have people in my family who have severe mental illness. And I'm not saying that I know Brittany's diagnosis or that she even has mental illness still. Maybe she's on a really great medical plan and she's able to manage any symptoms that she might have. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. But what I do know is there are people in my family with this mental illness that don't share the same reality that the rest of us do. And something that I learned recently that I thought was really interesting was, you know, Brittany had that court case where she testified and she requested that the remaining cases stay closed to the public. So I did think that that was a little bit interesting. And I'm sure there's sophisticated reasons why, but that was kind of like, "Mm, that's, that's interesting. But the point that I'm making is, and I say this with the highest love and compassion, but there are some people with mental illness who don't share the same reality that we do. And I think very, very much that Brittany advocated her reality and what is true and what is real to her. But I can tell you that sometimes that reality is not the reality that the rest of us share. And so, for example, maybe she has an IUD because she is on some medication to where if she got pregnant, it can be incredibly harmful to herself or a child. I don't know this to be true. I'm not advocating for her family. I'm just saying I can acknowledge that there are things that we don't know, right? And so when you're thinking about a scenario like this, I think it's important to really try to be as um, unbiased as you can. Having said all of that, this woman clearly has earned the right to spend her money how she wants to, to form any relationship that she wants to. If this conservatorship ends, which, you know, I think that's a very real thing. 
she's earned the right to live the life that she wants to live. If she becomes a danger to herself or other people, you know, that's a discussion to be had at that time and place. But if she wants to never work again, she's earned that right. If she wants to have five children and live in Louisiana and, you know, in a double wide trailer, that that she's earned that right. Um, you know, another learning that I had about this situation is we really have to honor people when they share their experiences with us. If if something like this can happen to one of the richest, well-known, most beloved, certainly at one point in time, white women, this can happen to anyone. This can happen to anyone. When somebody tells us that they're being mistreated, we need to to honor that and we need to listen to them. (laughs) We need to be as loving and caring about their circumstance as we can. That has been really, really uncomfortable for me to think about um, because truly if this can happen to her, this can happen to any of us, any of us. So that's been difficult for me to think about. And really, um, you know, I hope that she comes out of this and is able to use her experience for good. But I would really struggle with that personally if 13 years of my life had been taken away from me. Um, It's all around really upsetting, but hopefully can be used for the greater good. That's my hope and my wish. And I'm definitely... 100% Team Brittany, a really good podcast that I would recommend if you're intrigued to learn more about Brittany, which honest to God, I feel like I could have done myself because I just, I I truly feel like I have a PhD in both Britney Spears and the Kardashians, but a really good podcast. It's called Toxic. There's a snake in the emblem in the logo if you're looking for it on wherever you stream your podcast, but it's really interesting and I enjoy listening to it a lot. One thing I want to close with is, you know, I'm, I'm kind of learning more about what my purpose is, what I want to do, and I'm not ready to share those, those, um, those things that I've learned about myself yet. I'm still working on them. But there's been two themes in my life this year. One, which I've touched on before, is connection, but two is boundaries. And I wanted to just share some experiences that I've had recently that really reinforce how important those two concepts are. I'm the type of person that really obviously loves to talk and discuss and learn with people. Everybody in my life calls me like Barbara Walters or Diane Sawyer because I love to just get to know people, ask them a million questions, etc. One thing that I struggle with is I make myself available to so many people because I like to, I like to have connection and I like to give people advice and feel like I'm contributing to personal growth. But sometimes I make myself available to people who don't reciprocate that. And my dynamic with people becomes, can you hear my big 80s leather chair as I shift positions? (laughs) But the dynamic of that becomes um, toxic quickly. And I I often 
have felt in my relationships that I give and give and give and it's not reciprocated. And certainly when I was going through this time, um, I needed I needed people to show up for me in ways that I had showed up for them before. And some relationships weren't doing that. But I really struggle with setting healthy boundaries. And I really struggle with like, I don't want to come off mean. I don't want to disappoint somebody. I don't want to make somebody mad. Um, and then, of course, I've struggled with abandonment issues my entire life, which I've shared before. So then that adds another complicated level to like, if I draw this healthy boundary and then this person disappears, how is this a good thing? And there was one particular relationship that I had where this person took a lot out of me energetically. And they're a lovely person and and certainly have a good heart, but it just wasn't a good dynamic. And I was struggling so hard with how to change that dynamic. And And one thing that came to me in meditation was draw healthy boundaries, be super truthful. And so I started to do this practice of like radical honesty with this person, not brutal honesty, but really authentically being honest in my feedback with them. And that was really um, helpful to me because I was able to show up to the relationship and not have this unrealistic curtain of like, I'm, I'm only going to serve you. And this relationship is only about hearing you and, and helping your problems. I was able to show up in a truthful way and say, hey, you're saying XYZ doesn't seem right to me. This is my observation XYZ. I was able to relinquish or release rather this toxic energy and, and turn it into something good. And so I was feeling really good about being honest and um, not leaving these transactions with a form of resentment. That's in my life. If you're leaving an interaction with somebody and there's some resentment there, some bitterness there, that's a really good indicator that you have not done your job withholding a boundary. So if you if you have transactions in your life that make you feel that way, that make you feel as soon as you leave them, you have to pick up the phone and call somebody and vent about it. Lean into that and, and maybe investigate if there needs to be a more healthy boundary um, there. So by me kind of practicing this form of radical honesty, it felt like a really healthy boundary, but I could sense that, that there was some resistance to this person and they they kind of weren't having it. Um, and there was some discomfort there. And I just did not know how to, how to cut the ties. I just didn't know how to do it, but I knew that I needed to. Um, and so every time that I would kind of meditate and think about it, it was just like, continue, continue your path of honesty, continue the path of, of being compassionate towards yourself, towards yourself. And so so bizarrely, this person kind of came to me for comfort and I gave them really honest and what I thought was good feedback. And they said to me, like, I cannot be in this relationship with you anymore. You have recently found a voice that I'm not comfortable with. And I think you're a great person, but I'm just on a different path in life. And I can't, I can't do this. And this is when I knew I had grown. Me, 18 months ago, would have been like, I'm sorry. Oh my God, what I say, what I do. You know, I'd be ca frantically calling on my friends like, this person just did this and this. 
and be really kind of upset and chaotic. I read the text message and I felt so protected. I felt like this is the universe removing something from my life that doesn't serve me right now. And this is what I've prayed for. And this is also a reward that both parties have drawn a healthy boundary. I'm not taking this personally. I'm not offended by this at all. I care very much for this person. And if communicating and being in a friendship with me right now isn't serving them, I'm really proud of them for drawing that boundary. So that was just a really magical, honestly, experience for me because the universe was able to do for me what I wasn't able to do for myself because I turned that situation over and I was willing to grow. And more recently, I went to a family function and interactions with this family member historically are very chaotic and extremely toxic, super hurtful. Um, but I never draw the boundary. I never draw the boundary. I never make it clear what I am and am not willing to put up with. And so, and then you leave the interaction, right? And you're like, how could this happen? What? And it becomes like this very chaotic dynamic. Um, and I just really, I'm not willing to participate in that anymore. And so we went to this family function. We were supposed to be there for three or four days. And we ended up being there for 24 hours because the boundary was crossed. And I honored myself and I honored my family, my immediate family, my husband and my son, and was like, yeah, we're, we're not putting up with this. We are not willing to participate in this. We care for you, but our boundaries are really important. The sense of peace <laughs> that came over me. And maybe this isn't profound. Maybe a lot of you, you know, I'm in my mid-30s now. Insert like the horror movie music. But this is a new thing for me. I am somebody that I've always had a strong personality. But I have this like Catholic guilt, woman guilt, mother guilt that everybody's needs come before my own. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I have learned, like I shared at the top of this episode, that when you show up for yourself, you are able to show up for everything else in such a more authentic, graceful, powerful way. So setting boundaries is something that like, I've been incredibly uncomfortable with before. Because it was like, I felt like I was disrespecting other people. And who cares about my feelings? Who cares about the seven days of spiraling and chaos and despair that I feel after having these toxic interactions? Like, right? I'm more, I should be more worried about how the other person feels. But practicing boundaries really is a spiritual experience. And it is something that you have to exercise. Um and get better at and I'm certainly learning and growing into that but think about that really think about those interactions that make you feel lousy you don't deserve to feel that way your energy doesn't deserve to take a hit like that it invites so much more chaos into your life you don't deserve that um Honor those boundaries. Make them with yourself. Make them with your relationships. Um, 
and approach them with the thought process of like, this is a loving interaction here that I'm trying to have with myself. Um, and wow, the things that come out of that are really, really crazy. Um, two cool stories that I want to close with that I think are just fucking rad. Just so cool. I've been trying to work my spiritual muscle again. And, and part of the calling that I think that I have is, is sharing these experiences because I've really learned over the last year and a half how much control I have over my own life. I think for the first half of my life, I really easily fell into the victim role, right? Like I have, my dad died, my mom was a drug addict, and then I married an alcoholic drug addict, and I was in an abusive relationship, and my husband had autism, and how painfully but comfortably I kind of fell into that pattern and really became the hostage of my own life. I've learned that you can be the host of your own life. You don't have to lay down for the circumstances that are going around you. You control your destiny. I've really felt called to share that with people because if I can learn that, anybody can. And I used to have this view, like when people talk about manifesting or the secret, like it almost felt like sacrilegious to me. It almost felt like an evil thing. Like, how dare you think that God isn't in control? And what I've learned is when you take control over your own life through meditation, visual prayer, visualizations, manifestation, it is the closest I've ever felt to God because we are designed to experience miracles on a daily basis. We are designed to live in harmony. Our natural state is a state of wellness and joy. And when we don't tap into that every day, that's, that's the plan that God has for you, your higher power, your spirit guide, whomever. That is how we naturally should be feeling every single day. And anything that takes us out of that thought is, is not holy, is not divine. And when I'm learning about all of this, I'm learning that like there are so many similarities between all of these religions, between all of these spiritual practices. There are so many things in Catholicism that I was raised with um, that are like symbols of this. You know, the term manifestation directly transfers to a prayer. It's an ask. It's an ask of your higher power. It's a knowing that your higher power is bringing that to you. The same with meditation. That's a prayer. You know, some people call intuition a knowing, a sense of knowing. That is what the Holy Spirit is. It's a divine sense of knowing. It's a divine sense of protection. So it's been really interesting to learn how how godly these practices are. And wanting, I think for women in particular, I don't mean to discard any male experience um, or anybody's experience, but women in particular are, are conditioned to, to be selfless, 
to give and give and give. And it's almost selfish to want beautiful things for yourself. But really, that is such a loving thought. I want to be whole. I want to enjoy life. I want to have financial abundance. I want to have inner and outer beauty because I want to be the best form of myself. And when I'm the best form of myself, I'm able to give an experience in such an authentic way. Is that not the most beautiful sentiment? Why are we conditioned to think anything else is godly? Why are we conditioned to think that giving to the point of depletion is divine? It doesn't make sense. So recently, I really needed a partner, somebody that could hold me accountable. And my husband thinks this stuff is a little too heady. He's getting there, which I appreciate. We're all on our own path. But I, I really was like, oh man, universe, I need somebody that, that can, can help me on a daily basis with, with gratitude exercises and spiritual discussions. You know, I want somebody out of my household that, that's on a similar path that I can share with and hold me accountable, certainly. And that's a biblical verse too, right? Like whenever there's more than one person in prayer, we know the presence of God is, is right there. So I came from of like, I want this holy interaction. And so truly, I had this crazy spiritual experience when I was at the lake. I asked my spirit guides to show me a sign um, to remind me of my connection to the universe to remind me that I was being guided. And I got the sign truly within 30 seconds. And it was like such a wild, divine, cool, amazing, brought me to tears, took my breath away experience. And I was really feeling like, oh my gosh, this is so, this is my path. And I looked at my phone and my dear friend, Melissa, whom I love and we've reconnected more recently, said something, I don't want to give it all away, but she basically said, hey, would you mind if every morning I sent you things that I'm grateful for? Because I'm really feeling like I need to hold myself accountable. Would it be okay if I did that? I got chills up and down my spine. Once again, I was like asking the universe, like, hey, I need this accountability practice. I didn't have to do anything. It just popped. It just showed up. So her and I have been doing this now for almost, I think, three, three weeks. Man, what a beautiful way to start the day. I mean, we say things that we're grateful for. It goes from high to low. My health, I'm grateful for my new mascara. I'm grateful for the rain because I don't feel like watering my garden today. I mean, anything. It puts you in such a beautiful vibration And it's a really great way to align yourself with just that sense of gratitude and that no matter what's going on, there's always something to be grateful for. So her and I have been practicing this. And I'm going to end on this story because this one is like the whiz bang. Another thing that I've learned, miracles don't need to be like, they certainly can be growing a, a, a third arm so that you can get your chores done quicker. They don't have to be these huge grandiose things. Miracles can be something as simple as a butterfly landing on your knee if you're in the right mindset. 
you know, I've learned that too. Like I deserve to experience these, these things that are viewed so simply. I deserve to, to have those things feel like a divine miracle. You know, why not? Why do we reserve our joy for these huge experiences that come once a decade? Why can't I view like, you know, finding a penny on the ground is like this miraculous thing. So, um, but this one really is a crazy miracle. So her and I were doing this gratitude practice and I said, I had been learning about, it's called the money game by a spiritual teacher by the name of Abraham Hicks. And, and basically the, the concept is, and I would really encourage you to do it because it's a lot of fun, but the concept is to wake up every morning with a check from the universe and each day that check multiplies, doubles. So, and you decide how you're going to spend it. And it's supposed to get you in like, first of all, good vibration, but it's also supposed to change your views about money, get you excited about abundance and, and kind of just just put you in a good mood. So I'm like, let's do this. This would be so much fun. You and I are both manifesting, you know, these really strong careers. And so I think this would be a great idea for us to play around and have fun, use our imagination, utilize our Pinterest boards, whatever. So she's like, yeah, let's do it. So the first day we do this, the universe wrote me a check for a thousand dollars. And so we were discussing how we were going to spend it. And I, you know, had set the intention of let's, let's play this game to have fun. Let's play this game to show ourselves that like when we are able to multiply our income, we're able to multiply our joy, but we're also able to bring higher vibrations and charity into the world. And let's also acknowledge that like money is just going to show up for us. Money's just literally going to show up for us in ways that we don't have to work for, in ways that we couldn't imagine. So we set this intention. So she pulls a card for us from, I think, from the Spirit Junkie um, deck, uh, which is just like a, I don't want to say tarot because there's a con- there's a bad connotation for that, but that really is what it is. And so the deck, the card she pulled said something like, Today, we celebrate more love, charity, and joy coming to us in an abundance. Literally, the intention that we had set the day before when we started this game, which was just like such a crazy affirmation. But here's where it gets cool. I go to, <laughs> I go to my mailbox and you, you hear these clips like when people are talking on Oprah or, you know, it's like some weird YouTube clip on manifestation. Like I set out to win $7 million and then sure enough, I won $7 million. Like you're like, eh, how real is that? This is real. Okay. If you want confirmation, text me and I'll send you the picture. I go to my mailbox and there is a letter from an organization that I um, sent my son to last summer. Well, not sent took my son to last summer to have some assessments done for his learning. So this is over a year ago that I had this transaction, okay? I get a letter from them that says, hey, you, thanks for your business, you know, hope you're doing well. We found out recently that you overpaid. Here's a check for what we owe you. I am not shitting you. I start this money game and I get in my mailbox on the day a check for unexpected income. 
How freaking wild is that? I'll take it a step further. My friend sends me a screenshot on that very same day, a purchase that she had made recently. They had decided to take, you know, some of the money from each purchase and do- and send it to a charity. So it was like, we're receiving and we're sending more charity out. Unexpectedly, we didn't have to do a thing. We just had to enjoy ourselves and had fun. Is that not crazy? That will be something that I tell that story for the rest of my life. It's so wild to me, the things that can happen if you change your mindset and you're open to it. It's really, really, it's divine. I love every second of it. I'm going to end there. I hope that I've given you some entertainment, but also some good vibes. And I just want you to know how, how much I appreciate and love you and how special, how truly special, how truly divine and wonderful you are at your core. You deserve to set boundaries. You deserve to witness miracles on a daily basis. You deserve to feel good. You deserve to live a life with ease. So I hope, I hope you understand that. I love you for listening. I'll hop back on when I've got another cool story to tell. If you've made it to the end of this episode, congratulations, because your girl, she went in. I love you. I love you. I love you. Take care.